Blog Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to Terrence Talks Travel Uber Adventures. I'm your host, Terrence Epke, and I can't wait to introduce today's guest, Dion Kaler. She is going to share all kinds of great information with us about America's national parks. So welcome to the show, Dion. Thank you so much for having me, Terrence. I'm pleased to be here. Okay. All right, so I want to jump in, and I want you to tell listeners right up front how many national parks you visited. <laughs> well, it's actually not as impressive as, as I would like. There's, there's more than 400, including historical sites. And right now I'm at about 125. So i got a ways to go, but that's not bad. I figure I'm about a quarter of the way there. That's still pretty impressive. So I think everybody can see why I wanted to have you on the show because, I mean, most people have visited maybe, you know, a half dozen, a dozen parks. Right. Um, right. I, I think that's probably average. You've, you've done so many. So tell us here, what's your favorite park? We have to find that out. Well, like, it's such a cliche because everyone loves it. But my very favorite is Grand Canyon National Park in Arizona. Um, I, I think for sheer scope and Really, I mean, I'm such a girl of the West, but the Western United States have some of the most amazing, unique places. And Grand Canyon is this, you know, it's a huge park, and um, most folks, you know, they go to the South Rim and they look down and they gasp because it's so incredible. It's a mile deep. Um, and, and then they turn around and they leave. But the thing about Grand Canyon is if you make a little effort, um, there's so much to see, and there's like three of the four uh, geological eras are you can hike all the way down and see them in one canyon, which is amazing. Um, so it's like millions of years of history, and there's all kinds of water formations. There's the Colorado River, um, and as a photographer, it's just a dream because there's just so much landscape to explore, and uh, it's it's always awe-inspiring. Like it never fails to make me gasp when I see it. So that's we my, my talked about before place. the show the Skywalk that's there, and I yes. didn't realize this, and maybe a lot of other people didn't. It's not actually in the park proper; it's adjacent to it because it's owned by it's not owned by the government. It's owned by the what the Native American Indians. Yes. What's, what? Yes, exactly. So um, the Skywalk, which is you know a very famous, uh, relatively new feature where you can walk out on this sort of clear, you know, it's almost like glass, and look down Is it terrifying? Just tell me that. Is it terrifying? If, yeah, if you're afraid of heights, you're not going to want to do it. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm thinking. But oh, you yeah, got to no. do it when you go, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah, you got to kind of, you know, take a big gulp of air and then rush out there and look <laughs> down. Um, but it's interesting, you know, it's interesting. But no, so, so the, I, I, I don't quote me on that. I think it's the Havasupai people, which is Native American tribe, okay. that owns much of the land um, adjacent to Grand Canyon. Um, and probably still actually owns um, some of the land in the park, I, I think. Um, okay. But anyway, but they have, yeah, they have a huge chunk of land next to Grand Canyon. And um, that is where that, that skywalk is. But the Grand Canyon National Park proper uh, within the national park system, yeah, is, is separate. So. Okay, so that's probably no surprise. Everybody knows the Grand Canyon, and we all agree that that's definitely something everybody should do when we're visiting our Absolutely. park system. But what... Yeah is the park that you think is our biggest hidden gem, you know, like the best-kept secret? Sure. Um, gosh. <laughs> I, think, I think the first place, let's just stick with canyons, because I really love canyons, and I know 
I'm sure a lot of your um, your listeners are very into um, rock climbing and mountain climbing and all those kinds of things. And uh, to me, the Black Canyon of the Gunnison in Colorado um, is really un, uh, just a hidden gem. And it's this very narrow, 2,000 foot, you know, deep canyon, beautiful, beautiful rock formations, and the Gunnison River runs through it as a base. And... I love it because most folks, you know, have never even heard of it, and you have to drive no, a bit to I get have. there. Yeah, yeah it's, it's spectacular. It's just it's physically beautiful. And what's really fun in, in an adventure way is so there's um, there are no trails down, so you can start at the rim, and it's this very steep technical hiking to get down to the river. There's no maintained or marked trails, and so you pretty much have to make your own way down and in fact sections of it even include uh you know you really kind of need rope and you need some climbing gear because it's that like mountaineering yes yeah it's really intense and they have a little campground on the top which is nice on the rim and uh you do need to get a permit but that's you can just show up that morning and get a free permit from the national park service and go down but it's uh really intense um, hiking, and you have to be in really good physical shape. I mean, it's not, you know, oh, if you've been God. eating Cheetos all summer, it's not going to fly. But um, so get conditioned to go do that. Get conditioned okay. to do that one. But it's it's okay. it, but it's very it's doable if you're in good shape and you like that kind of thing. If you like that sense of, woo, I'm off trail. You know, there's no, uh, it's it's really Black Canyon of the Gunnison in Colorado. Absolutely great. Okay. Now let me ask you here. I've picked out some parks that I think are probably best for adventure travelers. I picked out some five. Okay. So I'm going to ask you what you think here. So the first one is also in Colorado. It's the Great Sand Dunes and Preserve. Oh, yeah. And I, don't know. And I didn't notice that it, I thought it was great because you can actually sandboard or go yes. sledding. <laughs> and I, they have 75-story dunes. Oh, it's I mean, amazing. holy cow. That's you know. Yes, I know. It's it's unreal. I mean, you go there and you see it. It's It almost feels like you're on a movie set or something. It doesn't even feel... Real and I, I have to confess I've never done the the, the sandboarding thing, um, but I certainly have been there and it is it's yeah again there's, there's nothing like it that's the thing I, I really I, about the Western United States especially there's some of these places there's just nothing like it most okay now number two on my list here number two on my list and I had to put this on here because in case you can't tell by my accent I'm a South Carolina girl <laughs> so the Congaree is my favorite park. You can go canoeing in the wilderness. You can take, a, like, a ranger-led canoe tour. And mm-hmm. they have all kinds of, I mean, I'm talking alligators, great blue herons, yeah. uh, you know, otters. I mean, rare birds. I mean, that don't yes. you know, that make their nest. So it's really kind of a really neat experience. It's almost like a Disney ride when you go in yes. because it's so surreal when you get in there <laughs> and all. So that was on my list. The number three on my list is the Zion, of course, in Utah. Oh, yeah. And I would say, I'm sure you agree with that, because it's great for hiking and horseback riding. And I think that they've said that only the really adventurous sort of person should tackle Narrows Canyon and Angel's Landing. Yes. Would you agree? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, again, no no Cheetos diet before you do that one. That's very, um, and you, uh, and and, and they have, you know, in in the slot canyons, flash flooding happens all the time. So, you have what to be happened? really prepared. Flash flood flooding. Flash oh flooding? yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a real. They have that happens all the time there, and so you have to be really prepared. Um, but no, but, but if you're so if you're kind of a brave, hardy soul, 
Yeah, Zion is, there's not my, in fact, I think I'm going to head there this winter and photograph it in the snow. Um, but it's a really beautiful place and great for adventurers, yes. Okay, so number four on my list, I'm sure mm-hmm. you're going to agree with this one too, is the Redwood Forest in California. Oh, and it's just so, there. Oh. oh, is that where you, okay. So tell us, there. what's it like to drive through a tree? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's weird because I'm just a tree hugger. I'm one of those people. I was I was literally walking around, like, thanking all the ancient trees just for still existing. They're so beautiful. And and I, I, I get a little upset that you can do that, that you can drive. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's a little upsetting to me as an environmentalist. But, um, yeah. but those trees are just amazing. They're so grand and so ancient and so wise. And, um, and for hikers and backpackers, yeah, redwood, especially – um, there's a trail in Redwood on the coast called Damnation Creek Trail. And it's a day hike. It's not, you know, you don't need to backpack it, but it's very steep and takes you through this mystical, foggy, beautiful Redwood forest. I mean, just oh, wow. love it. Love the Redwood. Well, I've heard yeah. that what you see, because I haven't actually made it to Redwood yet. It's on my bucket list. But I've heard that what you see when you see pictures does not mm. you just can't get the scope of it until you're actually standing in front of one of these trees. Even if you That's see right. it on TV or on the internet or magazine, or whatever, it, you just really don't have a good perspective of it until you're like right there, and it's bam in front of you, and you're like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> bigger than my house, That's right. you know. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and especially I was also just in Sequoia National Park in California, and um, it's the same thing. They have the you know yeah. the the largest trees on the planet by volume. And so you're standing at the foot of like, it's called like one of them is General Grant. And it's this ancient sequoia tree. And it's, they're very hard to shoot as well because, yeah, you just can't get the scope. I mean, you can't get it all in. Yeah. And, and they're just so magnificent, though. You, that's, why you, that's why, you know, you, you just got to go. You got to go see it. Yeah. Okay, last on my list here is Cuyahoga. I can never, <laughs> Cuyahoga, I'll get it out at some point, yes. in Ohio. And in addition to being really great for biking and fishing, I found out they also have this thing called earth caching, which is a mm. treasure hunt where you use your GPS. Yes. I'm sure a lot of other people know that. That, yeah. that was new to me. So yes. for adventure people, that might be something to, to uh, bet. So do you, have you been Absolutely. to some? Yeah, okay. So okay, you like I that? Cuy- no, I haven't been to Cuyahoga, oh. no. Okay. It's just All one right, of the so, other 300. Yeah, okay. So on the U.S. News and World Report, they had a different list. They picked for the top parks, they picked the Grand Canyon because of hiking and rafting. Yep. They picked Yosemite for biking and horseback riding. Mm-hmm. They picked Jackson Hole for skiing and kayaking. Yeah. They picked Acadia for hiking. And then they mm-hmm. picked Yellowstone because, of course, Old Faithful and the Mammoth yes. Hot Springs. So right. uh, it's really hard to narrow down to five, isn't it? You know, because oh. it all depends on what your interest is and what's, you know. So, but I was oh, yeah. reading this thing recently. The national park visits are on the rise, an average of 30% over last year. So mm. 30% more people were going to the parks this year than last year. Wow. And I read that the park police, I know, that's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and I read the park police had to shut down the road into Arches National Park over Memorial Day because there was right. too many people for the park to accommodate. That's right. So I want to ask you for your advice here about mm-hmm. planning a visit to a national park. Um, so oh, how far yeah. out should we plan? You know, what, what what's our timeline here? Because we can't just think, let's go in a week or let's go tomorrow. I'm assuming we need to really have some long-term planning. 
Yeah, and if you're planning on visiting any of the major parks, like you just rattled off that list, and those are some of the very most popular parks in the country. Um, first of all, if you're planning to camp, you know, you have to realize that if you're going to camp anywhere in any of the major parks, you're going to need a permit. And if, you know, like places like Grand Canyon, places like Yosemite, you, you need to check. I think it's some of them are even like a year in advance, but you can go uh, online. You have, to, you have to apply for a permit. And then it's, it's kind of like a lottery system. And so you may or may not get it. So you've got to have plan B, for one thing. Um, but certainly the bigger parks, again, Grand Canyon, Yellowstone, those are massive parks. You also want to make sure you allot enough time because you don't want to rush in there, you know, run around like a crazy person, and then rush out again. You want to be able to plant a little bit and really explore the place and see the places that, you know, most tourists don't check out. And so that's, you know, take the time. Um, and uh, also, in terms of, of planning, um, you know, make sure you're, if you can. I know, I know many folks have families, and they have kids, and summer is the big time to go, right? Um, but really, if you can avoid the summer, avoid the summer. Like, everyone else. Yeah. I can only imagine. From Memorial yeah. Day through Labor Day, it's probably the yes. peak time for... Yes, like, if you can at all avoid it, don't go then. Or, or go to these places like um, Grand Canyon uh, or Black Canyon of the Gunnison that are, are far less traveled but equally interesting and beautiful. Um, you now, know, go there. Do you recommend, yeah, do you recommend camping or a lodge stay or, or what? what? What do you think is the best authentic experience? Oh, well, I'm, I'm I'm a big camper, and I think it's it's okay. great because if you're camping, you can you can be in the park proper. And yeah, see, my idea of camping is like rustic cabins. I, I'm well, past that point in my life. Where I want to sleep under the stars in a tent. I like some. I don't care if it just as long as it has four walls. It can be very basic, but I like sure. a cabin. <laughs> oh no, I'm Terrence. I'm with you. So no, I don't know if you notice, but what I do is oh yeah yeah no my my tent days are all. I mean I, I do backpacking and I I tent. You know that's tent but I have a 13-foot scamp travel trailer, and okay. I tow that around, and that's primarily what I use. So you're use. not just I mean, throwing up a tent. You've got to, yeah. No, no, no. I'm with you. I, and it has, even has a little bathroom. I mean, I'm a girl. <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> I, want, that's I me. want a little bathroom. Yeah. Okay, so do you recommend that people stay in the park or outside of the park? I know it's probably cheaper, and you probably can get lodging close you know it's shorter notice if you stay outside the park but sure. in some places i'm thinking you're kind of missing part of the experience when you're when you're removed from the park yeah i agree the- yeah and and the thing about the campsites again they have you know if you've got an rv um like i said i'm basically an rver so that's why i travel with a trailer and so um almost all the national parks have have campsites that are going to allow you to bring your trailer or your camper you know into the park and also, most of them have um, first-come, first-serve uh, campgrounds. So, you know, that's great because then, then you can be on the road and show up as long as you show up. I always recommend getting there between 11 and 12 in the morning um, because after that they start filling up quickly. Um, but if you get there early enough and you know, they, ha- they happen to have some first-come, first-serve spaces, you know, you can probably nab a campsite, and um, even if it's just for a night or two. Um, so, yeah, I recommend staying in a park if you can. And it's not that expensive. You know, I mean, the federal parks are certainly more than state parks, but they're still not that expensive, and it's way cheaper than staying in a lodge or a hotel. So, yeah. Okay, so let me ask you here. My my big thing, I love wildlife. 
and that's why I've been mm. on so many wildlife safaris, and I know the national parks are full of them, but which park have you seen been able to get the most pictures and get, you know, kind of see up close the most wildlife? What has been your best experience with that? Oh, gosh. Um, I, well, you know, Yellowstone, I think, is probably the biggie for that um, because – Yellowstone, you know, you've got all kinds of, of wildlife. Um, the bison are just amazing there, and they're seemingly oblivious to humans. And so I remember getting stuck. I was driving on a road in Yellowstone, and I remember getting stuck in a bison traffic jam. <laughs> you know, and so all the bison are crossing the road around your little car. And, you know, so you're like eye to eye with these massive, beautiful creatures, and they're just slowly making their way, and you just have to wait. You know, you sit there and you wait for them to go by. Um, wow. But, there, you know, there's bears, there's all kinds of big cats, there's, you know, all kinds of deer, and, and uh, I, I, I would say Yellowstone, because if you're, if, you're, if you're into wildlife, uh, birds, okay. you know, incredible birds, go to Yellowstone. Okay, now here's the thing. Sometimes wildlife can be challenging to get pictures of, but I think even more challenging than wildlife is when you come up and you see you see these things in National Geographic and all, these beautiful images, you know, mm. of these, you know, um, sceneries and landscapes, these vistas and all. And so everybody right. tries, and you're looking at it. You know, you're looking at the sunrise or the sunset, and you're looking at this mm-hmm. mountain range, and you're looking at this beautiful lake, you know, yeah. and, and all this stuff, and you, you try to take these pictures of them. And and you think you're getting what you see, but you get home and you're like, oh, this is just a terrible picture. This isn't at all what it looked like. And so yeah. since you're a professional photographer, why don't you give us some tips of what you can do when you're out there, amateurs like us here, you know, that, that that we could do to get better pictures. Um, Absolutely, yeah. And I, I believe me, I have that experience even now. <laughs> you know, I mean, I still, yeah. I still have that experience. But it's like, ah. Oh, sure. So I, w- one thing I see a lot with folks making the mistake is they don't get close enough. Um, you know, you, you, if you can, get in as close as you can to whatever vista it is. You know, it, it even can help, like, stepping over the little barrier, like, to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. don't stand back in the parking lot and, and take that shot. Get as close, without falling off a cliff, of course, get, get as close as you can. And also be very aware, I think when we're looking through a camera, we're so mesmerized by that beautiful scene. You know, we see, the, you know, the Grand Canyon, Mesa, and we're like, oh, my gosh, and we take the picture. But what your, what your eye is missing is maybe you've got a whole lot of stuff around the edges that isn't going to add to that photograph. So be really conscious of foreground, for example. I see lots of folks, they'll end up with like a lot of That trash dirt. can in the corner of your picture. Yeah, trash can. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, and not that you can't crop that out in post, but really you don't ever want to say, you know, oh, I'll, just, I'll get to fix that all in post. You don't want to go into it that way. Right. You want to make sure that that composition is as beautiful and clean as you can get it straight out of the camera. So that's a big mistake. And what about I see angles? Because you know, a lot of people just think I'm I'm in front of it. This is this is where I got to take it. But sometimes if you get up high or low or move off to the left or the right, yeah, then that could kind of open up. Or absolutely, so absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, definitely don't just stand there and you know take a shot. Get get low, get high, move around. And also, uh, I think great advice is turn around and look behind you. Um, you know, often I've gotten some amazing and really unique shots that people aren't getting by just turning around and realizing, oh, wow, here's this other, everyone's looking this way. How come no one is looking over here at this really interesting, you know, mountain or rock formation? Or, there's um, a bison behind me while I'm taking this right. picture. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> exactly. Hello, Mr. Bison. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, 
so yeah, so definitely yes, that's okay. great advice is to yeah move around, get low, get high, and then look around, look at it, and and really look at it with your photographer's eye. You know, really think about it creatively. Okay, so before we run out of time, tell me what's left on your bucket list. I mean, I know there's 300-something parks, but there has to be some at the top there that you, you're burning to get to next. Mm, I'm dying. You mentioned Acadia. I'm dying to get to yeah. Acadia and, um, in Maine and do some sea kayaking. I, I haven't done kayaking in a really long time, and they have spectacular sea kayaking. And the thing about it is Acadia, um, you can be an amateur and you can go with a tour, you know, you can go with a guide, or if you're, you know, really excellent sea kayaker, you can take off with, you know, friends and, and head out there and have some really amazing um, experiences. So that's on my bucket list. My short list, for sure, is Acadia. Um, and I also, in terms of water, I also want to get back to Grand Canyon and do that river, do that Colorado River trip. Um, it's, I, I want to take about three weeks and go, uh, you know, with guides, of course, and, and do the Colorado and, um camp and shoot in those side canyons and, and really have that experience. I've heard it's, it's, it's a once-in-a-lifetime. So those two things are probably up next for me in terms of adventure and uh, bucket list stuff. Well, those are great ones, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. so before we run out of time here, let's make sure that we give listeners your contact information because you have beautiful images that I think people should check out and that you sell your photographs in the scenic parks. And so they don't have to worry about getting a good picture. Um, if they've been to, you know, Acadia and, and, and the Grand Canyon and they're saying, yeah, I'll just I'll just take take your picture and hang it on the wall. So, <laughs> so yeah, share, share your information with uh, our listeners if you would. Of course. My website is my name. So it's www.dionkaler.com. And that's D-E-O-N-N-E-K-A-H-L-E-R. And there you can find me. I, I, I have a blog. I post um, about once a week about my travels, and I'm always traveling. So I post um, stories and photos from my travels. I have galleries of work, which I need to update, by the way. Um, and also there's, my, uh, I, there's a contact page. I love getting email from folks. And I... As you can tell, I'm very enthusiastic about the parks, and I love, love, love to talk about them and share so information. So if people have any questions, could, could, could we be so bold as to ask if they could contact you if they had any questions about, you know, that you might be able to answer oh, about course. the National Park? Of course, yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I'm, I'm just going to give you my email directly because it's totally fine. My email is just my first name, Dion, D-E-O-N-N-E, at DionKaler.com. So, um, yes, I welcome any and all email from folks who want to talk about this stuff because I love to talk about it. I, I actually found you on Twitter. I think is how we, we connected there. You did find there. me on Twitter, yeah. Yes, I'm and pretty, that's amazing I'm because everybody that knows me knows I'm on Twitter about maybe once a day or once every couple of days. I'm not at all yeah. like normal. Other people that get on there several times a day. So right. it's just weird how it was like we were meant to connect. <laughs> That's great. Well, and yes, especially because I'm actually not on Twitter that much either. I'm more, much more active on Facebook. And also for folks who are listening, please find me on Facebook. It's just my name, Dion.Kaler, you know, on Facebook. So, um, yeah, it was serendipity, I think. It was really, really fun to meet you. Yeah. We're obviously kindred spirits. Okay, well, unfortunately, we're almost out of time here, so we're just going to have to get you to come back on the show and oh. cover everything we didn't get to today, <laughs> if you'd be willing to, I hope. I would, and so I would love it. And so thanks for joining us today, Dion. We certainly appreciate you being here. Uh, okay? Thank you so much, Terrence. It was a pleasure. Okay.
Okay, thank you. Okay, so again, if you didn't have a pen handy, don't worry. You can find Dion's contact information on www.terrencetalkstravel.com, where you'll also find hundreds of free travel reports, which many of them are about national park vacations, planning and all, and my trip pick of the week, past episodes of Terrence Talks Travel Uber Adventures, and much more. When you sign up, you'll receive a a bonus 50-page travel tips report. So that might be something that you would be interested to do. Um, Until then, I'll be back soon with another episode of Terrence Talks Travel Uber Adventures. So stay tuned.